You're listening to the Odds Checker podcast, previewing this week's Champions League action. Now, in order to check out all of the markets and special offers discussed during the pod, head to www.oddschecker.com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to a long overdue episode of the Odds Checker podcast and we are back because the Champions League is back. I woke up on this Monday morning absolutely devastated it was the beginning of a new week and then I remembered that Tuesday night brings back the return of European football and I'm joined by Martin Lawrence from whoscored.com making his first appearance on the, on the pod. Yeah, good to be here George, thanks for having me. No worries at all, make sure you look out for the videos that Martin and I do together previewing the weekend's football and this time we'll be doing the Champions League games. And Mark O'Hare from We Love Betting making his third appearance, the first person to take a hat trick on the podcast. Hi, Mark. Hi, George. Uh, where's my ball? Uh, that's very good point, actually. <laughs> I'll give it to you afterwards. We've completed the hat trick. Um, a man who's nearly got a hat trick of uh, absence absences from the podcast. Bill uh, Check podcast, very own Darren Anderson, sick note. Uh, Sandro Timakaley isn't here today, annoyingly. So just the two of us, um, but no shortage of expertise uh, in my guests, and I will pitch in where I can as well to try. And give you some value, steer you toward the best bets in this week of Champions League football as we enter the knockout stages. Straight into it, and arguably one of the ties of the round, I'd say probably the second best, uh, kicks us off tomorrow night in Juve against Spurs. Uh, Juventus, not quite as, or previously not quite as dominant as they have been in, in Serie A this season, but, but since we were last here, since the Champions League... Uh, group stage has finished. Maybe they're something of a, of a different team, Martin. Yeah, they've really picked up. Look, looking back to their best, uh, especially defensively, their record at the minute is pretty unbelievable, to be honest. They've conceded one goal in 16 games. Uh, eight clean sheets at home in a row, eight wins in a row in Serie A. So, yeah, they look back to their sort of champions-elect sort of status. Obviously, Napoli really pushing them hard in Italy this season. But, yeah, going, going incredibly strongly ahead of this game. So Tottenham should be wary, that's for sure. And look, looking at the tie itself, Spurs coming to go to Italy for the first leg, um, one of the hardest stadiums to go to in, in, you know, in European football, really. Is this going to be an uphill struggle for them? It is, yeah. They, they'll obviously love to get a goal, but that's going to be the real, the real mission for them. Based on that defensive record recently, it is going to be a tough game. Tottenham, against the, they're, in a, they're in a sort of tough run of fixtures at the moment, and obviously they're doing really well out of that. But away from home, they're, they're definitely not as good against those stronger sides. Um, so obviously they got a draw and scored twice against Liverpool recently, but generally they don't score too many goals against, against the, the big teams away from home. And up against a, a defence as strong as Juventus's, that, that will be a real struggle for them this, this Tuesday night. And that leads us you know, in, into where you see value, and it, and it is opposing Spurs managing to get on the score sheet. Yeah, that would be my tip. Definitely Tottenham to fail to score. I, can, like, I wouldn't bet against a nil-nil draw, to be honest, which would obviously be a great result for them, but definitely a low-scoring game should be a tight one. According to our statistical sort of characteristics, neither team has any statistical weaknesses in the league, so you'd expect this to be a very close-fought game. Tottenham full strength in terms of players coming into it, Alderweireld's back, so that I'm not sure if he'll play, because obviously he's not fully fit, but they've got a lot of options. Both teams have great defensives when they are at their, at their peak, so it should be a a defensive battle this one I'd say so yeah that uh, Tottenham not to score is 6-4 to four with William Hill best price as ever all the many many markets on offer are on site on oddschecker.com and so you go to the Champions League page go to the match click all markets and you'll see the plethora of options you've got 
on what to bet on. And Mark, this is a, a similar theme for you here in this game, and, and, and I think you agree with Martin that goals maybe add a premium. Yeah, definitely. Um, Juventus finalists in two of the last three seasons, let's not forget. Interestingly, Max Allegri said at the start of the season that he didn't feel Juventus had a good chance of winning the Champions League this year or, or, or in the future because of the strength of the English Premier League clubs and the money in the game. But after that sort of slow start, he's jig- rejigged things at the back. They're playing four at the back. Medi Benatti has now got back to the form we saw at Roma uh, after Bonucci's departure. And um, they've conceded the fewest shots on target in the Champions League this season, as well as last season. It's about 2.3 per game, which is quite a staggeringly good statistic. And I sort of did some digging on those, those 16 games that Martin mentioned. Uh, just one goal conceded. That's across 24 hours of football and includes games against Napoli, Inter, Roma, Torino and Fiorentina. Fiorentina, of course, on Friday night, the massive grudge game in Italy that Fiorentina absolutely despise Juventus. So to come through that, although admittedly a little bit fortuitously with the VAR decision that went in their way. Even still, um, I sort of took out the Coppa Italia matches of those 16 because I don't have the data for them. But in those 13 league and Champions League games, uh, they're averaging 1.69 shots on target against per game and just four and a half shots in the box conceded to the opposition, which just goes to show how strong they are at the back. Uh, Matuidi's fitness is obviously a, a doubt uh, I'd be surprised if he does play Marquisio will probably fill in that and that, that is a blow uh, Matuidi adds a lot defensively to them especially down the left-hand side the marauding fullbacks for Juventus so it'll be interesting to see how they, they set up for this game but uh, I just don't expect them to go hell for leather you know, the, the danger of conceding that first leg goal could easily come back to haunt them uh, back at Wembley and their Champions League record is just outstanding. Two defeats in 19, one of which was Real Madrid in the final. The other was Barcelona in the group stages. At home, they're unbeaten since April 2013, which was Bayern Munich in the semi-finals. Nine clean sheets and 13 home Champions League games, uh, only four of which saw BTTS. So uh, for me, it's, it's all about opposing goals. Similar theme to, to Martin as well. Uh, I do like the under two and a half goals um, and both teams not to score at 21 to 20 with Coral. Yeah, I mean, I, I dare anyone who's listened to that to now go and back overs in that game because I think that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty compelling argument right there. Um, as, as Mark said, 21 to 20 with Coral under two and a half and no. I mean, we, we, you know, you've both spoken about Juve's good defensive record. Are we forgetting the fact that, that Spurs are pretty solid at the back as well? Well, Alderweireld's not going to play. Yeah. That's the news I've, I've read this morning. There's this contract wrangle which is ongoing. Obviously, his fitness, he played against uh, Newport in the Cup, was left out at the weekend, presumably to rest up along with Harry Winks for this game. In Ch- this game, But uh, all the word out from Spurs reporters is he's not going to play, which is a surprise. But at the same time, I don't, it probably isn't to, to throw him straight back into this and Spurs potentially play a five at the back with Alderweireld was, was probably the only way it was going to work. But I'm a bit surprised he's not going to travel, but Martin's mentioned their record away at the big big teams at top six finishers they've won twice under Pochettino defeated in 11 occasions uh, they've won only three of the last 12 away from home as well they have a Swansea Burnley and Dortmund five away wins in 17 in Europe as well there's a lot of a lot of a case to be made here that Juventus are a decent price and that's taken nothing away from Spurs's defensive play obviously they're, they're pretty strong but you know, I looked at last year's last 16 ties, first legs, and they were, they were absolutely fantastic, if you remember. Six of the eight went over two and a half goals, yeah. one of which was Juventus, which didn't go over two and a half goals. So Juventus, are all, it's all about keeping a clean sheet here, and I think they'll happily take that nil-nil that Martin mentions. Yeah, I think um, yeah, 53 to 50 with Marathon bet is, is the best price on Juventus, which does seem amazing to me that you can get odds against on, on a club who are so in such imperious form, who's, you know, if you look at Spurs, who are massively overachieving in terms of kind of wage budget and, and club size to be where they are at the moment and to think that they're 
know, it would suggest that almost at a neutral venue there'd be, there'd be picking, which, which seems bizarre to me, to say the least. I think Juve should be the clear favourites here. And, and going along with both of what you guys are saying about, about a lack of goals, um, I think that Juventus 1-0 at 28-5 to with Marathon Bet and Juventus 2-0 at 17-2 to with Paddy's and Betfair all appeal pretty much to me. Um, anything to add to that? No, I'd, to Spurs? I'd say like one nil does look like the obvious scoreline to yeah. me. That looks like it should be the, the heavy favourite in terms of the scorelines. Like Tottenham against, like I say, against the, the big teams, against the two Manchester clubs and Arsenal away from home, they've scored one goal this season. And I don't think Kane's actually in his best form at the minute. He's uh, he played okay against Arsenal, but they. They looked comfortable. Arsenal did yeah. nothing in that game, so yeah. they, they didn't really have that much to do. And and obviously Juventus' defence is so much stronger than Arsenal's. So it's a different, <laughs> it's a different proposition yeah, entirely. Yeah. Uh, the the good thing for Spurs is uh, their their centre backs, even without uh, Alderweireld, are playing very well. Sanchez played well against Arsenal, not so much against Liverpool. No. But Vertonghen is looking incredible at the yeah. moment. D- uh, discussions about him being like possibly the best centre back in Europe at the moment. And this is a good game to to test those credentials against Juventus' backs back four to be able to pit them against him it'll be a, it'll be a good game so. yeah absolutely no I just wanted to say obviously Paolo Dybala's out which is obviously a bonus for, for Spurs although it should be said in this sort of rejigged formation he's probably not found his best form before the injury uh, but you know Gonzalo Higuain's going to be starting up front he's only got four goals in 27 Champions League knockout ties that is unbelievable <laughs> he's not he's not a big game player it's a, it's a bit of a stereotype but that kind of backs it up really doesn't yeah. it and um, Juventus have only scored seven goals in the group phase, which was the lowest tally of all the last 16 teams. So I, I find it hard for anyone to, to tell me that this game's going to be full of goals. It's definitely difficult to back a goal scorer in this one, I think. But based on Higuain's record, Juventus at home as well, they share out the goals. They've had 11 different goal scorers in the league at home, just at home. So without Dybala, Higuain's record, it is hard to pick a goal scorer, which is why you do look towards that unders, those unders markets. And yeah. even at under 1.5, I, I definitely fancy. Interestingly, just looking now at the first goal scorer market, and it's fun to see you know, the, the new goal machine, Sammy Kidira, who, <laughs> who, who varies between 7-1 to one and 16-1 to one amongst both of <laughs> You don't really know where to look when it comes to, uh, to that man who's, who's obviously found his shooting boots recently. Um, I've got a feeling we're going to talk more about Spurs, uh, not about Spurs, sadly for Spurs fans, more about um, Juventus later on when we talk about who we think is value to win the whole thing. Um, so we'll move on now to Manchester City, who travel to Basel um, in what looks like the, you know, unless you'll just want to watch some good football, probably the tie that will, that will gain the least um, TV viewers, you know, over, mm. over the week with people expecting a uh, fairly routine City win. Mark, do you think that's, that's fair? I think it is fair, but at the same point, I don't think this is going to be a complete um, whitewash um, Manchester City this season, I think it's, they've got the praise they deserve, but they've only failed to win seven occasions this season across the whole season in all competitions, which is staggering considering we're now into the middle of February. Um, there's been a suggestion they've not been their sort of formidable selves of late, nine, but still nine wins from 12 since Boxing Day, six of which were by two or more goals. Not really a drop-off in, drop in form for most teams. I think defensively is where they may have slipped up a little bit, two clean sheets in ten. Um, and their away record as well, just two wins and five away, both of which were against championship clubs in the Cup. Um, they cruised through their group. They only lost the game against Shakhtar because they fielded a weakened team because of the schedule and they'd already qualified. Um, but they've only won six games by uh, two goals or more, sorry, more than two goals uh, away from home all season. So uh, I'm not completely convinced they're going to you know, wipe the floor with Basel. Um, Basel did beat Man United in the group and they're sort of well known for turning over Premier League teams and giving... Uh, big European clubs, a bit of a bit of a game in Switzerland, but 
you know, Real Madrid and PSG uh, only narrowly kind of escaped from Basel uh, with, with narrow victories. But, you know, they did play very well against a bad Benfica team in the, in the groups. But this isn't the same Basel team that we've kind of come to know in recent years. Uh, throughout last summer, they, they kind of massive revamp. New president, new chairman, new club captain, um, new coach, top goal scorer left, a couple of key players left as well. Uh, the sort of new chairman came in and said, uh, we want to bring Basel back to Basel. And this kind of idea of kind of in, investing in youth, investing in their, their sort of local players. And, and that certainly was the case with the coach, Raphael Vicky, got promoted to the under 20, from the under-23s. Uh, but in January, they lost their two best players to the Bundesliga, Akanji and Stefan left. They, they re-signed Stocker and, and Fry. So uh, Vicky's kind of come out this week and said, um, we've got more quality than we did in 2017. But uh, I just don't see that being the case. They, they lacked... They had only about 39% possession during the group phase. They'll try and play a, a kind of 3-4-3 and combat City threats out wide, but uh, I just I struggle to see how they can get anything uh, from this first leg and over the tie, but I don't think they'll get whitewashed. They've scored in the last six home games in the Champions League. They could well get one again, um, but you know, it's, if anyone can get, make a good case for Basel getting a result here, I'd, I'll sort of stand corrected, but City should win. So, and given that you're, you know, you're not going to be tipping up a kind of Man City minus two, minus three here, you, you look towards the value in, in the, in the goal-scoring markets. Yeah, well, I did. I was actually sort of tempted by Basel plus two on the Asian handicap. The price didn't really didn't really get me there. Um, but, yeah, I've gone for Sergio Aguero. Uh, I think with Gabriel Jesus and Leroy Sane out, he's almost guaranteed to start. His 2018 form is, is outrageous, 13 goals in 10. He scored in 15 of his 28 appearances all season, uh, tallied up all the minutes and all the goals throughout all competitions from this year. Uh, he's averaging a goal every 90 minutes, uh, and he's netted an eight of his last 12 Champions League ties since the start of last season. And that is, um, price I will get you, is... 11 to 13, a bit of an odd price there, from Unibet. And that is Marco Hare's certified nap. So that is the one that you want to be getting on. Um, tellingly, I would say as well, bet 365, go 4 to 7. So someone out there agrees with Mark uh, about Sergio Aguero any time being value as City travel to Basel. But the good news for Basel fans, if, I mean, if you didn't take heart from what Mark had to say there, as well as that Martin is happy to get you guys on side here. Yeah, yeah, I think there's value in the draw, Basel plus one market. I think... So essentially City to win by one goal like Mark said away from home they, they don't steamroll the teams anywhere near as much as they do at home their last 11 away games they've only won by more than one goal one less, which is surprising for City but like Mark says it's that sort of, City are in that sort of conundrum now where they're that good where even a slight drop of form people are criticising them yeah. it's, like, it's like Messi only scored three goals last month he's well out of form sort of thing <laughs> so yeah um, but I do see this is a hard game to judge because Basel obviously they've had a long winter break and they've only just come back from that so that will come into effect they actually lost their their one game back from that and that was at home to a, a Lugano side who are quite low down their table so haven't, haven't come back from the break, the, the break in, in decent form but you have to look at City's injury list and it is it is still remarkable what they're doing as well. If you yeah. look at it, they've got four what you'd consider first starting players that have been out. If you look at Mondi, Sané, uh, Jesus and David Silva have all been out and they've still been winning. Kevin De Bruyne has been phenomenal. Like Mark says, I do fancy Aguero to score as well. I think he scored in all three of his away games in the group stages uh, and in phenomenal form at the weekend, obviously. But yeah, I think... Like Mark says, obviously against English teams, Basel have been very good in the past. 
and they've only lost by more than one goal at home. Uh, the last time they lost by more than one goal at home, sorry, was in July. That was the first game of their season. Obviously, they play in Switzerland, but they have played Champions League games since then. And I don't, I don't see them getting um, blown away in this one. And I think a, a city, city to win by one goal is a is a good price personally. So Basel plus one is thirteen to five with Betfair. That's the best price we're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I find this a difficult match to really approach because I'm still. Whilst I think the City team has been fantastic and obviously the result against Leicester shows that they're still rampant at times, I do feel like they have you know, scraped out a lot of, a lot of results um, when they haven't necessarily been at their flowing best. I think that the reliance on Kevin De Bruyne is, is, is ever-increasing, um, especially with, with you know, David Silva not, not, not really being around and I'm not sure if like, Bernardo Silva has really stepped up to the plate to, to fill those boots. Um, so in that way, I think I'm kind of siding with both of you and looking at probably City 1-0. Um, which seems a massive price to me at 79 to 10. So just a shade under 8 to 1 um, with Marathon Bet and, and also maybe 2 0 as well. So I'm, I'm kind of. <laughs> same tips for both games for me, really. It's about 1 0 and 2 0. Um, yeah, that's 13 to 2, 2 0 Man City. Um, I do think they probably will be too strong, but this Basel team, I think, could be underestimated. And, uh, and it's important that City do, um, do, don't go into it probably seeing it as, as, as an easy walkover tie because it shouldn't be. And you'd assume that. Um, given Pep's, uh, well, I mean, Pep got his record away from him in Europe isn't great, to be honest. So, so it could be a tricky game as well. Um, and obviously, this is a Man City team who who have yet to really go deep in the Champions League, and, and this is their big chance to do so. But still, a banana skin nonetheless. Um, that covers the two Tuesday games. Um, we'll finish off with the with the, with the game of the tie. So, so beforehand, we will just um, have a look at the Porto Liverpool game. Uh, but when the draw was made, I immediately pounced on the 11-4 to that opened up on Porto to qualify um, which it's a bit of aftertiming here but I'm a bit annoyed about it now because whilst it's their now best price um, just over 2-1 to one to do so um, I now don't like the bet as much because I think Liverpool are much better than I did uh, <laughs> six weeks ago um, but again similar to the, to the Basel um, to the Basel City game this is a game that if Liverpool go into it thinking it's going to be plain sailing, they, they could be in for, for a bit of a shot. Definitely. I think it's a much more even game than, than some people might suggest. Porto, in the top six leagues in Europe, they're the only team that's unbeaten. They're having an incredible season in, in Liga Nosh. So, not an easy game at all. They score a lot of goals. They've got two strikers, big, powerful strikers in Abubakar and Marega, score a lot of goals. And obviously, Liverpool score a hell of a lot of goals. So, <laughs> yeah. this looks like... More so than the two Tuesday games, it looks like it could be a real goal fest to me. I think there's, there's great attacking players on both sides. Porto are excellent down the flanks. They've got two very good attacking fullbacks in Teles and Ricardo Pereira. Teles, the left back, has got nine league assists this season, so he's a player to watch. Uh, Brahimi is in, in incredible form after he had a bit of a spell out of the side. He looks, he looks great again, like a real dribble king. So it could be a really good game, I think, this one. Salah's obviously in sensational form. Everyone, like... You talk about his goals and just the sheer volume of them, but obviously he doesn't take penalties. And the, the thing that strikes me is just how consistent he's been. If I look back to, you have to look back to mid-October to find the last time that he failed to score in consecutive games. Really? Obviously he scored in his last game, so that doesn't really. But that's just to show his consistency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. But for a player who wasn't signed as a, he's not a striker. He's not a traditional striker. His his, his goal record this season is sensational and. Obviously, a look at him on the goal scorer markets is worthwhile as well. Well, especially with people saying that you know Firmino is not not prolific enough. They don't need him to be if you've got but someone playing on the outside. Even Firmino's playing playing great yeah. again now. He's obviously such an important player for them in general. Like 
an underappreciated player in terms of bringing others into play, but he's scoring goals himself now. So I, th- I think there'll be goals aplenty in this one, personally. So over three and a half is 21 to 10 with Betfair. That is the best price out there. And just look, quick look at the goal-scoring markets. Mo Salah is favourite at 51 to 10. So another one of those, well, it's basically 6.1. Just a shade over 5 to 1 to score first. And any time is um, a 7 to 4 with, with Unibet and 888 Sport. Mm. So decent prices there as well. And the good thing is, you know, it's always bad when you're in the, on this podcast and you say something and, and Mark disagrees with you because you think, oh no. <laughs> and I'm glad to say that Mark is fully on your side here. He's on board. Yeah, I think Martin's been looking at my notes because I pretty much <laughs> mentioned everything there. Um, I wanted to talk about the attacking fullbacks, Ricardo and Tellez. I think they're outstanding. Uh, I also want to talk about Sergio Conceição, the, the Porto coach. Uh, I rate really highly. He worked wonders at Nantes in Ligue 1 last season, last season to sort of turn their season around in a, in a very short space of time. And he's really shaken Porto up. This is a team that haven't won a trophy since 2013, which is uh, unthinkable really for a club that size in Portugal. Um, it should be said, I think, whilst they're not going to go into this Champions League tie and say, uh, you know, our focus is elsewhere, their focus is on winning that league title. They're only two points ahead at the top of top of the domestic table. Uh, that is their bread and butter. They're, they're realistic about the, the task it is of the Champions League. But they did finish second in the group of Besiktas, uh, winning the, probably the softest, uh, weakest group of the section. Um, they did perform pretty well in, 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 in spades. You know, they went away to Monaco and certainly challenged them physically. Uh, they're very aggressive. Uh, they will take, it, take you on. Uh, unlike Portuguese teams, you know, Conceição does ask them to sort of muscle up. And you can see that in their strikers, Abubakar and Morega, you know, They're not exactly easy on the eye. They, they've both got ability, but they will happily take you on physically. Um, the anchor man in midfield, Danilo, is a slight doubt, which is, could be a huge blow for them. But uh, I expect him to play. And just going back on that physicality, they're a real threat from set plays. Eight of their goals in the group phase came via set pieces. Uh, Liverpool traditionally quite poor at set plays as well, so that might be an angle. Um, Felipe, the centre-half, very highly rated, very good in the air as well. He could be an option as a first goal scorer here at a big price. Uh, We mentioned their home form, pretty outstanding, outrageous really. I think they've won the last eight there, averaging around three goals or more. Uh, but yeah, goals has to be the play here. Five of their last eight at home, seen over four, over three and a half goals. Four of their group stage games featured four goals or more. Both teams scored in all three at home as well at the Dragao. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think only Paris, uh, Pat de Prance, scored saw more goals than uh, Porto's home tie home game. Sorry, home games this uh, this group phase, and at the same time, only PSG uh, scored more goals than Liverpool in the group phase. So everything's set up here. Disappointingly, Liverpool went below the line against Southampton on Sunday, but 10 of their previous 11 had gone overs, uh, over three and a half goals in six of those 12 as well. Uh, Seven of the last eight in Europe have seen uh, three goals or more this season, including five going over three and a half. And uh, as well, the weekend only saw their third clean sheet in in eight, sorry, the fourth clean sheet in 18. And those games came against Maribor, Stoke, Bournemouth and Huddersfield previously. So um, I would be very surprised if they were managed to, to keep Porto out. I think these two teams are sort of built to built to attack and, and built to sort of press each other. So it should be a really good contest. Mm. So it sounds like one not to miss then. I mean, despite the fact it's going on at the same time as, uh, as Real Madrid PSG. But um, <laughs> yeah. o- over two and a half and, uh, and both teams to score is even money basically across the board there. And, and that does seem, considering um, the, you know, the stats underlying data that, that, that we look at for these, that does seem like a, a big, big price. Who was the, the, the first goal scorer you Felipe? mentioned? Felipe. Felipe is he is twelve to one with black type um, for first goal scorer best price, but strangely enough seems to be 
not priced up by a few, so I'm not sure if that means that no, he isn't playing. I'm not sure. Anyway, 12 to 1 if you do fancy it. Obviously, you get your money back um, as a void bet if it, is, if it turns out that he, he doesn't start for whatever reason. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you guys again. I think the goal seems to be the, the obvious way to go. Um, I also quite fancy possibly the draw as well at 13 to 5. I think that's probably a result that Liverpool would take. Um, and then, so maybe even the matches uh, a draw and both score teams draw, score yeah. as well um, at uh, thirty nine to eleven. Um, so sixteen to five around there looks looks decent to me as well. Um, I do think the Liverpool team are obviously very very good, and I, and I worry that whilst uh, Martin, what you said about about Porto uh, not having lost a game yet this season is, is obviously true, but then at the same time, Benfica and Sporting behind them have only lost one apiece, which yeah, obviously suggests that the Liga Nosh is just a three-team league, yeah. I think. Well, remarkably, <laughs> being top and having not lost a yeah. game at home, they haven't, they haven't kept back-to-back clean sheets at home since the first three games of the season. Really? Wow. For a team that hasn't lost all season at home. So, that's uh, so yeah, that just backs goals even more. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. There were 54 between the teams in the group stage, so 4.5 <laughs> per game. So. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> if, if you want to sit back on Wednesday night and just watch the goals flooding in, make sure you're tuning in to that, to that game. You'll be one of the few people doing so because... The fourth game and the one that everyone's waiting for, the one who, the one that is between the old super club, the Galactico club, who are currently kind of not not performing what, well whatsoever, and the the cash rich um, Paris Saint Germain, the, the club who've stolen uh, the, the you know one of the best players for Real Madrid's big rivals in Neymar, Neymar who's rumored to be going to Real Madrid next season to join the old enemy. Um, this looks like an absolute thriller. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned Neymar, and he is going to be in the spotlight, and. Rightly so, and just this game is playing into his hands, in my opinion. Danny Carvajal suspended, obviously he's one of the best right-backs in, in the world, and you're looking at Nacho probably filling in a right-back. The other choice is Akraf Hakimi, who's obviously a teenager still, so a real task to keep him quiet. He's been sensational this season. Everyone will say it's in France, but he's taking the mickey, really, like the skills that he's doing and everything like that. So <laughs> like, they, they just seem like, having signed Neymar, they've now got that arrogance that they, they think now that they are the best team in Europe. Whereas in the past, they were obviously gunning for the Champions League title. That's what they really want. But now they really, I, I've, I sense that PSG really think that they should be the favourites for this tournament. And I don't see why they shouldn't, to be honest. Up against, the, up against the Real Madrid side, obviously not in great form. They got a good result at the weekend, but still conceded twice. And their, their issues are at the back a lot of the time. Uh, they've only kept one clean sheet in nine, which for a team of Real Madrid's stature is quite incredible, really. And there's, all the value is on is on PSG in this game, in my opinion. Bad news, Martin. I, I said you never want to disagree with Mark, and it seems like we've, we've got to the last game and we've got a, we've got a clash. Here we we go. just, just say PSG are 24-13 to 13 with Unibet and 888 Sport um, to win the tie in 90 minutes. Um, so that's just a shade under 2-1. to one. And the, the TQ odds, the to-qualify odds as well, um, are, have PSG as favourites to go through at 8-11. to 11. Uh, Real Madrid, a uh, bit of an 11 and 10 and 6 to 5 around 6 to 5 with Bet365. And you think, Mark, that the Real Madrid uh, are the rightful favourites for this first, for their home leg? Yeah, um, I also think they should be favourites to, to qualify as well. Um, PSG, 
Martin's made a very good case for them, but I'm sorry, I, I just can't get over the, the mindset of that club. Uh, I still think there's there's massive nightmares around what happened last year. Uh, I think that's going to take a, a, a while. They, they need a result like this to, to sort of banish those memories. Uh, interestingly, in the in sort of the lead up to this game, there's a few question marks over who's going to play and in, in what position. Uh, Di Maria has been in outstanding form this calendar year, nine goals already. Uh, there's talk that he might replace Mbappe, which is quite amusing considering Mbappe was wanted by Real Madrid and they let Di Maria go. So interesting theme there. Uh, Lasana Diaro's come into the team, played the last two games as well. Is he going to play? Uh, Giovanni Lo Celso's been, been superb, been a big surprise, but he's been superb replacing Thiago Motto in midfield. So they've still got that, that fairly decent base in Verratti, Lasana and Rabiot in midfield. But uh, I just look at the coach in Unai Emery and I just think this guy has got such a lack of control over his team. Uh, the players just lack respect for their coach, which is never a good thing. And yeah, they'll look at this game as this is their sort of this is their coming, if you like, Neymar and Cavani, and you know they have got an outstanding bunch of players, but. I just worry about them coming into coming into Madrid uh, too confident because this is a Real Madrid team where the whole season, some of their careers, you know, Zinedine Zidane's career essentially is on the line here. Yes, uh, you know, it, you look at Madrid and say every week, you know, you've got nothing left to play for. Surely this is the time where you're going to come together and, and it works. But we talked about on a, Madrid on a different podcast earlier in the season about last year and how we felt. They were slightly fortuitous to, to end the season with all those trophies. Uh, they got you know very small margins went in their favour, and you could say the same this season. But against them, you know, very small margins are going against them. Defensively, they're a shambles, but they've been a shambles for many years now. So I don't think that's a that's a huge um, you know, nothing new really there. But they have been a shadow themselves going forward. That's because Benzema has not been fit or playing well or, or finishing his opportunities. Bale's not been fit as well. Ronaldo started the season with that suspension, which. Uh, you know, made a very very slow start, but he's now got 19 goals in his last 11 Champions League games. He scored in every Champions League game he's played this year as well. And let's not forget, this is a team that's been in the semi-finals for the last seven Champions League campaigns. They are the defending champions. They've got an outstanding home record in the Champions League. Ten wins from 14 in knockout stages. Uh, I don't think they're going to go down quietly at all. Uh, I think, as you kind of hinted, this is game is going to be an absolute classic. Uh, but I'd back Real Madrid to come out of it if it's a shootout. Uh, I think Real Madrid to win and BTTS at seven to four is, is a fair shout. Uh, Madrid to win and BTTS is eleven to four. Eleven to four, even better. <laughs> eleven, eleven to four with um, with Bet three six five and Betway. Um, so that I mean, you made a great point case for them. I, I basically look at this game and I I, I can't work it out. Um, I will I will be sadly having not sadly having Valentine's Day supper with my with my uh, girlfriend and we'll be missing it, which is probably a good thing because it means I won't have a better next. I don't know where I would start. Um, personally, I think again that the draw is a, a viable option. I think both teams could come away from the draw fairly happy. Um, but then, in again, there's going to be lots of goals. You're again looking at kind of a two-all, which isn't really something I really want to back. So, what about BTTS in both halves? Yes. So that, I was going to say you, we've done this before in this podcast <laughs> um, when it was, uh, Napoli, it was City. Napoli Man City mm. and, and Mark tipped up uh, BTTS in both halves at nine to one, and it copped. We're going to go for it again, aren't we? I am, yep. So, just for the same, same reason, just again, just lots of goals, it's going to be end-to-end. Champions League, just look at the Champions League. PSG's last 13 have featured overs. Real Madrid's 
uh, out of their last 19, 18 of them have gone overs as well in the Champions League. Uh, you could, no one can say either of them are particularly uh, impressive defensively. They're all gung ho. So uh, an early goal, an early goal, early goal even <laughs> um, could really uh, set set it up. Um, yeah, I'm happy to take that. It's around the seven to one mark. That so that is the long shot tip. Um, before we, we get on to the um, to the uh, outright market of who we think is going to win. Um, Martin, we don't know which one is your nap yet. So, which, which is your best bet of the ones that you've said? Cool. So uh, we can build ourselves a nice, a nice acker for the listeners to, to get them through the week. Let's go for Liverpool. Uh, they're over three point five. Let's go for that in Liverpool Porto. Over three and a half in yeah. Liverpool Porto, um, which makes sense because I think we've all agreed that um, there are going to be absolutely loads of goals. So over three and over three and a half there goes into the uh, acker. Obviously, if you do use the checker website, uh, look at our bet bet slip basket where you can build your acker and you'll see pretty quickly that how important it is to check the price before you do it because sometimes you'll be backing a, a treble or a fourfold at about half the price of another bookmaker's offering you so it is important to do that so we've got uh, over three and a half in Porto Liverpool Sergio Guerra at any time so that means I will have to pick something out of the Spurs game and I'm going to pick Juventus to win 1-0 uh, three fairly good big prices there so that should give us quite a good treble or probably maybe even a tricksy given the um, given the big prices. So Juve one nil, and that gives us a trouble at William Hill best price. Uh, Juventus one nil eleven to two over three and a half at Porto Liverpool at two to one. Sergio Aguero any time at four to five pays thirty four point one to one. That is the official odds checker podcast treble uh, of the, this week's games. The nap treble that should hopefully uh, win a few quid for you guys. As normally we do at the beginning of the podcast, but now given the later stages we're in, we'll tackle the outright market at the end. Um, and uh, it's taken the shape. I mean, I'll, I'll run through the, the, the people at the top end of the market. You've got Man City, best price 7 to 2. Paris Saint Germain, best price for, uh, 51 to 10. Bayern Munich, 11 to 2. Barca, 6 to 1. Real Madrid, 9 to 1. Liverpool, 16s. United, 18s. Juventus, 20s. 25 to 1 bar. Um, Juventus at 20s, just, just want to repeat it, Juventus at 20s. It's incredible. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah, to be, to be like behind Liverpool, teams like that, if you look at Real Madrid are playing against PSG as well, Juventus obviously got Tottenham, I'm not, not sort of discrediting Tottenham, very good side, but to be, to be 20s, especially in the form that they're in, for that to, to not have fallen uh, is, is quite remarkable, I think. I think Man City are a, a fair price, at the moment as favourites just because of that tie against Basel but given there's not much between the top four teams in terms of the odds I think Juventus being so far behind it's just it's just remarkable at this point but I don't I backed Juventus pre-tournament at 12 to 1 wow what's happened I think uh, well in, the draws had a big big bearing on a lot yeah. of these prices City was slashed yeah. uh, PSG was shunted right out uh, um, but I look at Juventus and I think the only thing I can possibly make a case against them for is the uh, Serie A title race. Uh, we saw what Napoli did in the group stages. Their whole focus is on winning that league. Uh, Juventus aren't a club that can prioritise one competition or the other. They're, they're sort of destined to win everything. If that's what they put. they put all their eggs into all baskets. Um, and you know, Serie A still is their bread and butter. They still want to win that. And whilst the title race, you know, Serie A is the only league in Europe, major league in Europe, which has got a title race. Um, also, I guess uh, they are lacking something in the final third. Not a lot, but they are lacking something. 
talked about Dybala's sort of positional change hasn't worked out obviously he's injured as well but they've got that ability to eke out results from the finest of margins worked for them last year it's working for them again this year um, I mentioned as well as well what Allegri said about the English clubs as well uh, they are I'm not saying they're, they're concerned about Spurs or, or worried about them but they are very much aware that they're coming up against a very very good team here um, but it's, it's very difficult to make a case against 20-1. to 1. That's, just, that's just far too big. It seems an absolutely massive price, I agree, especially what we were saying earlier with, with I think, all of us favouring Juventus to, to go through in that tie. Um, another, I know that Bayern Munich also catching your eye, Mark, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Real Madrid last year were the first team since Inter in 2010 to, to win the Champions League, having finished second in their group. But there's a few options in it to sort of follow suit, and I think Bayern are are definitely gearing up for another title challenge. 20 wins, one draw and one defeat under Jupp Heynckes now. Scored 56 goals, just playing with so much more intensity. Uh, defensively, they're not exactly solid, but then can you say the same about City, Madrid, Barca? Um, you know, All the top teams have their flaws and nearly all of them are at the back as well. Uh, the drawback is probably the, the lack of competitive action in the Bundesliga, but you know, there's a flip side to that. They should be arriving fresh into these big tournaments and just like you, George, with Juventus Bayern, we're 92 or shorter to win the title at the start of the season. So they've kind of drifted throughout the season. They have come back in because they've got a bit of a cushy draw really against Besiktas, which is, could have been a lot worse. Um, they have reached the semi-finals in five of the last six seasons. And let's not forget, were favourites to beat Real Madrid in, in the quarters last year. Should have beaten Real Madrid, uh, bar those two red cards in both ties. You know, expected goals and you know, our eyes you know, backed those sort of assumptions up. They were the better team. And you just look at that squad as well. Um, Manuel Neuer is going to be back for the, for the latter stages. They've got the German centre-halves, Kimmich at right-back, Alaba left-back, midfield, which can do everything, really. You've got ball players, you've got box-to-box midfielders, set-piece specialists, playmakers. And I think, crucially as well, they've ad- added um, Sandro Wagner to their attack, which is allowing Robert Lewandowski a bit of a break in, in Bundesliga action. That's been their issue, really. He's just been absolutely flogged in the last couple of years. They've not been able to rest and rotate Thomas Muller wasn't in form last year. He's not really been as be- been in the same since, since uh, well, for a couple of couple of months now. But uh, I, I just look at that see, look at that side and think, if you've got your best eleven, they're going to be as good, if not better, than most teams in Europe. And another compelling case as ever. I mean, if I was going to look at this, I, I, I definitely agree with with Juve. I think that they would be the team I'd back, and I still think that Barcelona are, are, are a touch bigger as well at sixes, just because. They're winners, they're, they're, they're going to win. Uh, well, it looks like they're, they're set to win La Liga. I think that the idea is that this Barcelona team is, is much weaker than they have been in the last couple of years is, is slightly misplaced. They may not be playing the, the kind of scintillating football that, that, they, that they have done in the past. I don't think having Paulinho on your team enables you to, to retain the ball as, as, as you would because they're basically more direct and more dynamic. Um, but I think that at six to one, they, they represent value and, mm. and, and I'm sure they'll go deep in the competition as ever and will go shorter than sixes. So a bit of value there. Um, cheers guys for coming on um, we're going to be back next Monday again obviously with, with, the, with the next four games and the knockout stages uh, make sure you look at Odds Checker um, check all the prices there to make sure you're getting the best price for your bet um, obviously a range of bookies a range of markets on there um, make sure you have a look at, at We Love Betting Mark's website as well we'll give you lots of tips ahead of the, ahead of the games and whoscored.com as well um, where it's an absolute mind Mind, you know, minefield for, for stats basically any football fan who likes the statistical side of stuff should definitely look at it so much information there so much data to help you be as informed as possible going into the, going into the games 